Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Morning shot. Thanks for staying with us here on Money FM 89.3. Now, Singapore attracted a record $22.5 billion in fixed asset investment last year, despite the global headwinds that we've been seeing. The positive showing was largely driven by the electronic sector, which accounted for about two-thirds of those investments. But the Economic Development Board is cautioning that the exceptional inflow of large manufacturing projects for the key electronics sector will cool in the first mm. half of this year. And that's due to global macroeconomic uncertainties, increased global competition for investment and a sharp slowdown in demand for semiconductors. So for a closer look at this, we're joined by Jillian Lim, Executive Vice President, Economic Development Board. A very good morning to you, Jillian. Good morning. Uh, we have Rachel and Lim. That's correct. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Good, very well. So tell us more about the, these numbers. What factors contributed to such a good showing overall and uh, the electronics sector in particular? Yes. Uh, um, so as you mentioned, it was record high fixed asset investments mm-hmm. uh, that we secured for last year. And two thirds of it came from the electronics sector due to an exceptional influx of large manufacturing projects in semiconductors. So we saw that there were two uh, reasons why uh, there was a semicon, uh, what we would call super cycle, so mm-hmm. to speak. Uh, one was the demand for chips, as we all know, digitalization, you know, increased uh, online communications over the pandemic uh, period. Uh, also computing uh, energy, that the, the demand for that. Um, the other reason is, of course, also because of, you know, some of the global events, the need yeah. by companies to build more capacity just because they wanted to have more resilience in their supply chain. So a combination of these two factors actually drove large investments for companies to meet the demand as well as to bolster the resilience in their supply chain, which is reflected in the FAI investments in 2021, which lasted into the first half of 2022. Gillian, I just want to put those numbers in perspective. So as you mentioned, it's a record $22.5 billion. That's up from $11.8 billion the previous year. Let's talk about where that money is going to go and what that means for the economy and also people here in Singapore. I understand that over 17,000 jobs are going to be created through these investments. I mean, we're looking at areas such as advanced manufacturing as well as R&D-related projects. But perhaps you can help and uh, give us a sense and paint a picture of what kind of jobs we're talking about here? Yes. So of this over 17,000 jobs, we do expect about 61% of these jobs to be from the hub and business services mm-hmm. roles. These are your usual corporate functions such okay. as, you know, your account managers, consultants, business development. But we are also actually increasingly seeing emerging job roles in the digital space. For example, UI, UX designers, cybersecurity, you know, uh, data and digital analysts, for example. And this cuts across all sectors and all industries. Um, Another 27% of the jobs will actually be in advanced manufacturing. And these roles are like process engineers, Mm -hmm. additive manufacturing engineers. And uh, lastly, 12% of the jobs will come from innovation, 
And that's also actually uh, relating to research and development. So we have uh, research scientists and engineers roles making up about three in five of these jobs. An increasing number is actually found in the green and sustainability-related fields. So carbon capture uh, specialists, raw material researchers and product designers. You know, when we're talking about the green economy and other areas such as digital, uh, when it comes to employment, one of the areas of uh, comment and feedback we get from some companies is that, hey, yeah, that's great, we're expanding and we've got these roles, but we don't know if we have the manpower to be able to fill them. So perhaps you can talk to us about whether our local talent pool is sufficient to fill up these opportunities. And if not, what can be done to grow? the talent landscape to ensure a steady flow of local workers for these roles. Yes, indeed. I think Mm -hmm. Singapore must continue to attract and develop a mix of global and local talent. Mm -hmm. EDB's work continues to be centred around creating good job opportunities for Singaporeans. And as top companies invest in Singapore, they're going to create a diverse and exciting career opportunities for Mm -hmm. Singaporeans who stand to grow in skill sets and experience. Uh, working as part of globally competitive teams. So um, there are several things that, uh, you know, as part of government, we are working with companies on. I think one is pointing companies to the schools and courses and sources of suitable talent for their uh, growth plans in Singapore. Um, Second, we actually also spend quite a bit of effort building our local leadership pipeline to support companies' needs. For example, through workforce upskilling, uh, leadership training, mentorship and overseas exposure, uh, supporting companies as they put their talent pool up for exposure in these areas. And there are several programs on this front, uh, some of which focuses on tech skills, some of it focuses on you know digital competencies or international posting programs, for example. Now, Julian, taking a more macro view, which other sectors uh, could we see new growth opportunities in the year ahead? Yes, uh, well, in the year ahead, we do see business outlook is going to be slightly more challenging due to some of the reasons you've also alluded to earlier about some of the slowing demand, high interest rates, uh, uh, you know, more competition. But we do continue to see opportunities in uh, several key areas, one of which would be advanced manufacturing. Mm -hmm. Um, We see bright spots in, for example, healthcare. Uh, there's also a rebound in aerospace, for example. The other area would be green economy. We talked about that, but uh, not forgetting that green economy actually also extends into, for example, sectors, emerging sectors such as agri-food, mm-hmm. you know, your cultured needs and so on. Mm-hmm. And lastly, again, I think for digital economy, we do uh, expect it to continue to uh, grow. We're speaking with Gillian Lim, Executive Vice President of the Economic Development Board, just on the back of sustainability and manufacturing. We know that EDB is working with carbon-intensive companies to implement decarbonisation initiatives, I mean, to help the manufacturing sector here in Singapore achieve our uh, net zero goal, right, uh, 2050. I want to talk to you about um, what are you doing to support the manufacturing sector and how far do you think we are away from that goal? Right. We are doing uh, a lot of things on Mm. various fronts. (laughs) The first of which is, you know, I'm not sure if uh, you know that manufacturing is the largest component Mm -hmm. of Singapore's Mm -hmm. economy. Mm -hmm. It contributes about 20% of Mm -hmm. our GDP. 
Um, on the industry side, we need to work very closely with existing players on decarbonization of the existing supply chain and their manufacturing facilities. And this could be through, you know, the government partnering with manufacturers to reduce carbon emission of their existing operations uh, through implementing best-in-class technologies. Uh, but at the same time, also, as we work with companies to put their new manufacturing facilities online, there's opportunity for us to work with them to actually pilot novel innovation emission abatement solutions as well, which can actually be scaled to, you know, other of their manufacturing facilities around the world. So reducing carbon footprint is one of the key things we need to do. I think the other thing is, uh, as you know, uh, we have uh, Jurong Island, you know, our Mm -hmm. chemical and energy uh, park. So we have actually in 2021, EDB released a transformation plan to actually work with Jurong Island players to increase their output of uh, sustainable products by 1.5 times from 2019 levels and also to achieve this by 2030. So examples of companies that have actually made quite a lot of progress on this front is, for example, Shell, which announced its plans to build, you know, some facility to actually turn their plastic waste into chemical feedstock, for example. So this is another part of the effort. But you did ask the question about our challenges and how far we are from some of these targets. Yeah. Um, Listen, got a, yes, we've got a lot of goals, Gillian. Are we going to yes. reach, you know, and a lot of plans in motion? Yeah, by no means, uh, you know, a walk in the park. I mean, there are two key areas for which we do see that uh, we do need to make a lot more headway. Okay. Uh, one is actually to enable what uh, our plans. Actually, we do need global cooperation mm-hmm. on several fronts, right? Frameworks and agreements that enable industrial decarbonization. So, for example, I think uh, carbon capture, utilization and storage. Uh, We need low carbon hydrogen. We need global carbon pricing, right? Uh, There needs to be G2G cooperation on uh, some of these fronts about uh, electricity imports and and things like that. The second thing is, of course, technology. Hmm. Technology is still, you know, being developed. Uh, You need to get it down to a price that, you know, uh, is going to be competitive enough for more and more players to willing to bear the cost of it. So technology is still in the process of uh, maturing, not yet. And uh, that is where also we do see a source of opportunity because Singapore wants to be the place where the innovation in some of these solutions is going to happen to grow our economy and also the green economy for the Mm. world. Gillian, very quickly before we let you go, I've got to ask you, looking forward, obviously the numbers for this year, 22.5 billion up from 11.8 billion. We do see some macroeconomic headwinds in store for the year ahead. Are you expecting similar numbers as we go forward into 2023 or are you expecting things to slow down? Okay, so for uh, we do think that uh, this year's uh, fixed asset investment is, uh, record high is a one-off mm. uh, due to some of the factors we mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. So we do expect that for this year, investment outlook uh, in terms of fixed asset investment to actually moderate to our the lower bound of our medium-term goals. And uh, for business spend, as well as uh, jobs created as well. I think we do expect uh, within our medium-term outlook, but also actually probably coming in at the lower bound of it. 
Okay, Gillian, well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Gillian. Yeah. We've been speaking with Gillian Lim, Executive Vice President of the Economic Development Board here on Money FM 89.3, Singapore's most influential radio station. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.